Welcome to the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors, also known as SWIRE. This podcast keeps SWIRE members up to date on what's new and happening in our organization. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. It is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Not a member? We still encourage you to listen. Each week, we provide you with valuable information related to the real estate industry and Southwest Iowa. Our guest today is Greta Hawes of Iowa Realtor Association. She is the Government Affairs Director. Welcome, Greta. Thanks, Amy. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, glad you could join us. We wanted to talk a little bit about some of the legislation that Greta and Jen Kinglin, our lobbyists, have been working on, some of their successes of the last year, and what they're looking forward to next year. So let's start with successes so far this year. Yeah, absolutely. So it was certainly a busy 2023 legislative session. A lot of bills running through, a lot of things we were monitoring, things that were legislative priorities, but really happy to report that the big three main priorities that we were lobbying for this year passed almost on a completely unanimous bipartisan basis in both chambers. So I'll touch on the the three key pieces of legislation really quick. Those all went into effect July 1. So the first big piece was homeowners association. So from a lot of our members across the state, we had been hearing concerns with timeliness and transparency from homeowners association in terms of getting access to documents, bylaws, covenants, knowing if you're up to date on paying your dues payments. So we worked with several coalition partners and legislators to pass House File 432. So this bill wanted to keep it super simple. Obviously, HOAs can be a complex topic and a lot of different feelings and opinions about the different rules and regulations, but really wanted to make sure that our members' main concerns in terms of the documentation were addressed. And so House File 432 basically just states that the HOA or the HOA management company must make available the certain records and documents to either the unit owner or the owner's authorized agent within 10 business days of the request being made. So that was a big piece, wanted to make sure that these HOAs were not holding up any transactions. And then the other big piece was that we were seeing some HOAs or HOH management companies charge some pretty high fees to get access to these documents and wanted to make sure that that was not a barrier to entry for anyone for home ownership or property ownership. And so what this legislation does is it also ensures and states that the HOA can charge a reasonable fee to get access to these documents, but that fee cannot exceed what it actually costs them to produce or reproduce that documentation. So hoping that those really two key facets of this legislation are going to solve some of those timeliness and transparency issues that we're facing some of our members and their clients across the state. So really big win on HOAs there. So that one's passed. So how does that get implemented? How do we, when do we see that in effect? Yeah, absolutely. So July 1 of this year, this legislation goes into effect. So session ended in May this year, had a couple of months, obviously, for the HOA companies to realize kind of how they had to come into compliance. And so July 1, this went into effect. So if you're having an issue, say, with an HOA company getting access to these documents, just let them know, hey, this legislation went into effect July 1. I asked for this documentation on this date you have within 10 business days to get me these documents. So that's moving forward and excited to see the, the positive impact that that's going to have. So how do HOAs know that they have to do this now? Have they are, are they registered somewhere and so they're contacted that there's this new law? Yeah, so 
this legislation specifically does not make them register or have like a, a registration on the a Secretary of State's website. However, we worked closely with the lobbyists for several HOAs across the state to make sure that this legislation was going to be palatable for them, possible for them to implement. And so we've worked closely with the HOAs and their lobbyists to make sure that they're aware of this new legislation and how it impacts them. I think the second big piece that I'm going to touch on is kind of the name of the game this past year, too, for us was consumer protection, right? We're all about, as realtors, wanting to protect consumers, make sure that they're not being misled. And so one big piece of legislation that had been popping up across the country but hadn't really been seen too much here in Iowa yet but wanted to take a proactive approach was regarding unfair service agreements. So there were these exclusive 40-year right to list contracts that were really targeting those on fixed income, the elderly, those who really needed some cash up front. So what they would do is this company would come in and offer cash up front, usually $500 to $3,000 in exchange for the exclusive right to list a property for the next 40 years. We saw a lot of legislators, their jaw dropped to the floor when they told them that, and they were, were fully on board with this, that this was predatory. These contracts were transferable to the next owner. And if a property owner wanted to get out of these contracts, it would have cost them around 6% of the home's value to get out of it. So clearly more than they were getting up front. So clearly Predatory worked with several coalition partners, including AARP, the county recorders, the bankers, the credit unions, to get this legislation passed that bans this practice from ever having a home in Iowa. So really proud to be leaders on this legislation, one of the first states across the U.S. to ban this, this horrible predatory practice. And Excited that Iowa was a leader on this. So that was another big win for us in 2023. Yeah, thanks to you and Jen for leading that. I, it is shocking that people would take advantage of other people in such a way. And for such a long term, their their families would be affected by that after their, their passing and everything. And thank you so much for being in, ahead of that before it really started coming into Iowa. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love working for the Realtors for is we're always looking out for the consumer, right, and making sure that that they are protected. And so that was a big win for us. And it's been great. We've been able to share kind of our success story with other states around the country, too, as they look to implement similar legislation. So that was big for us. And then I think the last kind of big piece that kind of came out of risk management a little bit, too, is in regards to licensee liability. And so A year or so ago, there was a case that made it all the way up to the Iowa Supreme Court, a slip and fall case on a property that was really creating some confusion surrounding what an agent's duty of care was to a property listing. And so we did prevail in the Supreme Court case, but there kind of opened the door, the decision did to some kind of questions and really wanted to make sure that it was clear what the duty of care was to a property. And so this legislation, we worked closely with the Bar Association and other coalition partners to make sure that it would work for all of the players involved and passed House File 607, which passed unanimously out of both chambers. So this bill clarifies the duty of care for a licensee to a property. So basically, pretty simple things that it does. So It states that the licensee providing brokerage services is not the possessor of the property, so the client will maintain possession. The duty of care remains with the client for the entirety of the listing agreement, so the agent doesn't have a duty of care to the property or with regard to the person entering, viewing, or traversing upon the property. So big piece there that we wanted to clear up based on the Supreme Court case. And then the other big piece is that the licensee providing brokerage services is not liable for damage to the property 
or any accident or injury unless they are the direct and proximate cause of the harm. So obviously we didn't want to relieve, you know, our members of all liability. Like if you are the direct and proximate cause of the harm that happens, you are still open to that liability, but wanted to make sure that we just clarified what the role of a licensee was in terms of duty of care. So that also went into effect July 1. We're hoping that this will really clear up the confusion that there was after the Supreme Court case and make sure that, you know, nuisance suits like that cannot be brought against members in the future. Really important legislation. I think a lot of people think my clients are my friends. They would never sue me, but that is not true. <laughs> yes, yeah, we learned that this year. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so if you're talking about if it, if the agent actually did have some contributing factor to it. So if an agent, they're always trying to help their 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 sellers. If they say, hey, I know you're out of town. I'll go ahead and shovel that sidewalk for you. And then it ices over because they didn't put salt on it and someone falls. Is that then, is the agent then liable for that because they did do the shoveling? So we recommend having it all in writing, right? What the what the agent is responsible for and what obviously the, the owner of the property is going to be responsible for. But under this legislation, no, they would not necessarily be liable because they are not the direct and proximate cause of the harm. But again, we really want it to be outlined very clearly in the listing agreement who is responsible for what. And again, this legislation says that the owner is responsible for duty of care to the property. So we love that our members like to go above and beyond, but just be careful with what you promise and make sure that the responsibilities and the owner is clearly aware of what this legislation states and what the roles are. So. Yeah. Great. Good work. So take a little breath and say, wow, we did a great job. Now what's next? What are you going to be working on this next year? Yeah, Amy, we are always thinking about what's next, right? The real estate environment and world is always changing and evolving and there's always regulatory items popping up, legislation popping up that we need to keep an eye on. We often look to other states across the country and other realtor associations to see what they're working on and what they're facing, because often what they see first will eventually trickle its way to Iowa. So I know one of the big topics that has impacted people is specifically in the in the Southwest Iowa board has been real estate wholesaling. So that's a piece that we have our eye on coming up for 2024. So this is really all about making sure that these real estate wholesaling practices are fair and transparent, right? We want to ensure that everyone involved in the transactions are on the same page, that they know that it is a wholesaling transaction, that title is not being taken by the wholesaler, and that there's really, we want to level the playing field for buyers and sellers. And so we will be introducing legislation that tackles kind of wholesaling. I know on the Nebraska side, they recently passed some legislation that deals with wholesaling. So making sure that we in Iowa are clarifying what the role of a licensee is in wholesaling transactions. So that'll be a topic of conversation coming up at our 2021 or 20, not 2021. Wow. I'm a couple years behind here. That's the kind of week it's been 2023 IAR convention. So our legislative committee will be chatting about that. So encourage you all to attend so you can learn more about our plan with that. So obviously that's going to be really important, especially on, on your kind of area of the state as we look to kind of clarify roles there. So you can kind of plan ahead that that's something you'll be watching. I suppose throughout the year, other things just kind of pop up and then you get involved with them as needed? Yes, absolutely. So I think kind of one big thing that's been popping up is we've seen some lawsuits pop up across the country in terms of compensation and clear cooperation and looking at how can we potentially mitigate the risk of something like that in Iowa. And so working in conjunction with the National Association of Realtors and several other state associations, a lot of us are looking at the matter of buyer representation agreements. So 
we really want to look at ways to strengthen and clarify these agreements so that both the buyers and sellers and agents have a clear understanding of roles and responsibilities when it comes to these agreements. We want to make sure that we're protecting our industry, our members from lawsuits, and want to make sure that you know, there's a lot of transparency in the process, right? Again, consumer protection. We want to make sure everyone is informed and, up, and okay with the decisions that they're making throughout the real estate process. And so we think that these buyer representation agreements are going to be a really good way to mitigate a lot of the issues that we're seeing in the industry and really kind of clean up and make a more transparent transaction. So that's something that we're looking ahead to as well. I know NAR, that's a really hot topic for them that agents need to be thinking about buyers buyers agreements because it helps them show their value in the transaction. Yes, absolutely. Yes. 100%. Okay, so switching topics a little bit, you are government affairs director. Tell us what that means. Yes, that is a that is a loaded question, Amy. What does government affairs director mean? It means I wear a lot of hats. So I've been lucky to be on the job for almost two years now with the Iowa Association of Realtors. Prior to that, I worked in the legislature for a couple of legislators doing comms and some policy work. But what I love about my job is that no two days are the same, right? There's always something new. So I get to monitor, you know, local, state and federal policy to make sure that none of it will negatively impact our profession. I get to build relationships with some really awesome legislators, policymakers across the state. I get to work with a lot of great community partners and coalition partners like the bankers and the credit unions to get legislation passed that really improves our industry. But I think one of my favorite parts of the job is that I get to engage our members in the political process. So as a political junkie myself, obviously this is, you know, in my wheelhouse and something I'm passionate about, but I love that I get to help our members get involved and have them come to our Hill Day and meet with legislators themselves. I think that's one of the best parts of my job is the grassroots advocacy piece is getting our members to tell their stories and what they see every day out in the field. And so that is a huge part of it. And then on the other side, I also get to deal with and lead our PAC fundraising. So we are the largest bipartisan political action committee in the state of Iowa, which is fantastic, which only serves to amplify our lobbying and our grassroots efforts. So a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire that I have here, but no day is the same. And, and I love that about it. So. So speaking of our PAC, I know that some of that money stays here in Iowa when, when we make contributions or we call them investments in our pack. Part of that money stays here in Iowa to help with these lobbying efforts and, and working on this legislation. What's the percentage on that, Greta? Yeah, absolutely. So is 70% of what we raise stays in Iowa, and then 30% goes to support federal candidates. And so what I think is so great about our pack is that we are bipartisan and we look at real estate issues only, right? So we look at, are they supporters of private property rights? Have they protected independent contractor status? Have they been good for you know the lending market and home buyers and sellers? That's what we look at. And so we're very evenly divided in terms of what we give to each party. We call ourselves not the red party or the blue party, but the purple party, because we do such a good job of really just supporting those who support our industry. So we are making contributions to legislators in their campaigns. Who decides which legislators get that? those donations. Yes, absolutely. So at the state association level, we have the RPAC trustees committee, and these are mostly RPAC major investors and very politically engaged and involved members that make the decision about where the RPAC funds are distributed to. So Jen Kingland and I obviously lobby throughout the year and meet with legislators and work with them on legislation. And then we report back 
to the trustees and let them know, hey, this legislator was very responsive to us or ran this legislation for us, or they have been a realtor champion or, hey, this legislator was not very good on our issues. And then based on our feedback and kind of the competitiveness of the race and a bunch of various other factors, the trustees then decide if certain candidates that request funds are worthy of our support with funding or if we should potentially either stay out of that race or wait it out a little bit. So those decisions are made by the state trustees. Well, I think it's really important for people to know that their money is staying in Iowa. I think when we hear RPAC, we think national politics and many people are very uncomfortable with things that are happening national nationally. So it's just good to know that the money stays here to affect legislation that affects us every day in our jobs. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think Jen and I are so fortunate we get to see kind of the impact day in and day out that the, the RPAC investments have. It gets our it gets our foot in the door. It allows us to have those conversations about some of those very, you know, important topics that we passed this year and the the wholesaling and the representation agreements that we're looking at next year. Having RPAC in our in our back pocket that we can use as a tool to have those conversations and make sure that we have realtor friendly candidates in the legislature is just huge. Great. And if you want to know more about RPAC and how you can get involved with that, Byron Mankey is our RPAC chairman, and we have several major investors from Southwest Iowa that are committed to investment in that program, and they'd all be happy to to speak with you about that, I'm sure. Anything else you want to share today, Greta? I think I'll just take it back to my favorite part of my job is getting the members engaged and involved in the political process. And so I think we are so fortunate as realtors to have one of the biggest voices at the Iowa State Capitol. So if I can highly encourage you to attend our Hill Day, that's going to be the week of January 31st next year. And so I encourage you invest in the pack, but also come to our Hill Day, meet with your legislators, tell them the stories about what you're seeing out in the field. You are the subject matter experts and the legislators and elected officials want to hear from you. They hear from me in general the time and and they're ready to hear from some new voices and hear from all of you what you're seeing. So I encourage you to stay active and engaged in the political process. Attend our Monday morning legislative calls every Monday during the legislative session. Jed and I hold a virtual briefing via Zoom where we talk about where certain legislation is sitting, how it's going to impact the industry, what we're doing working on it. So I encourage you to sign up for those. That link will be sent out later this year to register for those Zooms. But, and again, just reach out to me and Jen, if there's things you're seeing that are concerning, we would much rather take a proactive approach to legislation than a reactive. So if there's any issue that you think we need to do something legislative with that we need to get out in front of before it really could negatively impact the industry, reach out to Jen and I. We are happy to have a conversation, sit down with you, talk about what potential legislative or regulatory solutions are. So that's my call to action is just make sure you stay engaged in the political process. You do have a voice and realtors have have a big voice, especially when we all work together. And those legislative calls are really helpful. They really do keep you informed. It doesn't take, it's not a big commitment. They're usually over in 15, 20 minutes, but at least you know what's happening, how things are coming along. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us today, Greta. We really appreciate it. Again, this is Greta Hawes, the Government Affairs Director for IAR. Greta is always available and willing to help and answers questions. She's a great resource to all of us. I know she would welcome your calls. Thanks for joining us and have a great day. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Amy. Sure. Bye-bye.